Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Extra Point Podcast. This is actually my first one of the new year, 2024, and today is Tuesday, January 16th. And on this first one back, uh, glad to welcome Travis alongside me. Hi, Travis. Hey, glad to be here. Glad you're here. And I think you actually uh, had an Extra Point Podcast right after... Um, what, the last weekend of the year? Yep, that's right. It was New Year's Eve, and then we produced one right after that. I think you helped us with some resources yep. for a Bible reading mm-hmm. or for habits or something yep. like that for the new year. Top five list. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> that was really helpful. And so now we're kind of back into uh, just a normal routine here on the Tuesday uh, Extra Point podcast. And so Travis and I just finished up a really short two-week series on following and fishing, or maybe it was fishing and following. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure which order those words came in. Uh, But it really was drawn from Matthew 4. And uh, we had essentially two central truths, take-home truths, or main thoughts from these two weeks. I tackled the idea of fishing. Travis tackled the idea of following. And on that first week, I simply taught that the text, I think, reveals something to us, that there are no... um, followers who don't eventually fish. That was my take-home truth, and I really established it from the sense of the words in the text when Jesus said, I will make you fishers of people, indicating this is the work of the Lord in our heart. It's it's what He promises to do. So I think it's pretty safe and biblical and accurate to say that there just are no followers who don't eventually get the heart of God in them, who aren't formed to have the heart of Christ, which is a fishing, or we could say a missionary heart. That's right. Travis, walk us through kind of your essential take-home truth from yesterday, uh, from Sunday. Yep. So we took that analogy just a little further when he tells them he's going to make them fisher of people, and so the end product would be fish. So we use that kind of analogy as there are no fish or people who are caught by the grace and mercy of Jesus who do not eventually follow. And that was the call to the disciples, to follow him. And so we really looked at the call on the disciples' lives and, I believe, all followers of Jesus to to be obedient followers of his. And so that was our take-home truth. There are no fish who do not eventually follow. And so the questions we got really were very similar. Like, that's kind of one coin, as you said yesterday, with two sides. Yep. The question that I got, and then I think one that we got about your message in those texts, is this. Or about followers who don't fish. Mm. Uh, Are they really followers? Mm. And I think the question I got from from after you preached in that text was, what about fish who don't follow? Are they really fish? Mm-hmm. In other words, are these two things really um, non-negotiable? Mm-hmm. Could there be followers who don't fish, or could there mm-hmm. be fish who don't follow? And I think this is a very interesting phenomenon that's uh, pervasive in the American church. Absolutely. Has been for decades. Yep. That's not, nothing new to us. Yep. In fact, it goes back to the Bible times. Uh, when... Perhaps we leave room for those who say they follow, but nothing in their life resembles mm-hmm. that. And this is the heart of these two questions is like, does that exist? How does it happen? What's going on with that? So I want to begin by just uh, laying some groundwork from what I think is a very instructive parable. And then, Travis, you can lean in with some other things as well regarding these questions. But let me just first begin by saying this. Matthew 13, I think, is the parable of the sower. It's Christ's explanation. Uh, you know, it's the seed that's sown on the four types of soil. Mm -hmm. There's only one type of soil that actually receives the seed long-term, and that's the one that bears fruit. So I maintain, and have maintained for years, that's the only genuine uh, ground or soil that 
had the seed. Right. Though there were indications that other types of soil perhaps had seed temporarily or maybe in the moment, in the in the end game, there was only one that actually had the seed, and that's the one that produced fruit. So I maintain that fruit is the indication of of authenticity, yeah. of genuineness. And so I would say, that's why I used the word eventually in our take-home truth, didn't we? That yep. if you don't really have a heart like God's for others, if, if fishing isn't your ultimate aim, whatever your profession is, if your life isn't leaning against God's purposes, you may say you're a Christian, but the real fruit isn't there, so you're probably not. Mm-hmm. The same thing is true for following. If you don't really follow Christ, you can say you're a fish, but you're probably not, right? Because fruit is the true indicator. Mm-hmm. Even Jesus said, by their fruit, you will know them. So it seems that Christ put a lot of stock into this idea that there is always evidence that you are in the fold. So talk about that with me a little bit. Help yep. us with these two questions as well. Yeah, we do. We believe that God is the one who saves. And again, as Philippians would say, that he who begins a good work will bring it to completion. Mm. And so God gets all glory and credit for the saving work. And he will produce in us the fruits of salvation, uh, even as the text we're going to look at and then. Uh, just a couple of weeks is the fruits of the Spirit, and you will see these evidences, exactly as you said, that God got what he bought. Yeah, that Philippians 1-6 verse is intriguing because it doesn't say—I mean, it's pretty definitive. Mm-hmm. He will do something. That's right. So let's talk about this word backsliding, mm. which actually the word backslide is in the Old Testament mm-hmm. regarding Israel. Yep. Um, what's going on with that then? Because we, mm-hmm. we would admit there are those who seem to stray yep. and they return. Yep. I mean— Yep. Give us some thoughts on that. So I would use the, the analogy of children. Uh, we, there are disobedient children. I have three children. There are moments in their life of disobedience or... Um, really? Your kids don't obey you perfectly? Uh, no, they don't. <laughs> uh, difficult attitudes. And there are moments of where children will not do what their parents say. And so I think there are moments where you'll see that. You'll see disobedient children. But if they are children, there will be evidences of that. So I think that's helpful to understand. So there's moments where you'll interact with, if they are truly a follower of Christ, where they're living a life of disobedience. They're not submitting themselves to the Spirit's leading. Yeah, and I think we'd have to say this too, that God does um, chasten or discipline Mm -hmm. His children. I don't think chastening is just because we sin. Mm -hmm. I think it's because we're a son. That's what Hebrews seems to lay out. So chastening isn't always a result of of disobedience, but... That is one way that God can chasten us. So if there's never any, like you said, discipline, Mm -hmm. chastening, it would indicate we're not a son. In fact, I think the King James in that Hebrew passage Mm -hmm. uses the word bastard. Mm -hmm. And so it it means we're illegitimate. Mm -hmm. And so if someone's not following and there's never consequences or conviction, that would indicate they're just pretending, right? And I do hold that sanctification is progressive. And so Mm -hmm. you may be seen growth happening in an individual, um, but it's a continual work. So we'll just take the act of obedience of fishing. If they're a new believer or if they're not very far along and they're spiritual mature, they're still drinking the spiritual milk, if you will, you may not see a whole lot of fishing. But I think the call that we gave last week was there will eventually be fishing. Mm -hmm. It's much like uh, kids growing up. You use the analogy of kids. There's just a a long-term, you know, what is it, 12, 11, 12, 13 years till puberty. Yep. Then there's those five to six years before they're 18 to 20-ish. And so um, that full range of years mm-hmm. is needed to really mature and grow a kid. 
Right. But you will see growth That's right. in incremental steps. What you're talking about, sanctification, progressive. Yeah. I agree 100% with that. Let me provide a, a just a bit of insight for our listeners that I think will help. It's really helps me and Julie a lot as we think about uh, the idea of fruit. And uh, Julie and I have talked about this substantially over the years, that fruit is the evidence. I mean, mm-hmm. we can't back away from what Scripture teaches in multiple places and what Jesus said. If there's never fruit, we can't pretend that someone's born again, even if they say they are. Right. But what's not ever mentioned in Scripture is the pace of the fruit. That's right. And so we would say this, the fact of fruit uh, has to be on the table all the time. This is the evidence. But we would, but we would say and agree, and, and it gives solace that the pace of fruit bearing varies. Wouldn't you agree with that? Absolutely. And so it might take someone 10 years to begin to show that fruit. Mm-hmm. It might take someone 10 months. And we've seen instances where some people have grown like crazy That's really right. quickly, right? Yep, Absolutely. And so just be aware of that. I hope that brings a little comfort to the idea that perhaps you're looking at someone, maybe it's yourself, but it seems like it's really slow. But the Bible doesn't give a lot of instruction on pace. What it does give us is clarity on fact, that fruit is the evidence. Let's talk about one other parable that Jesus shared, because I think it then helps inform us and our listeners about maybe our reaction or our posture the parable of the wheat and tares, when the disciples seemed, they seemed very frustrated that there's this field, yep. they planted wheat, yep. and then overnight, all these, uh, we'll call it false wheat, mm-hmm. all these tares yep. grew up. And so the disciples said to Jesus, shouldn't we just go and get rid of all the tares? And I think his answer is very revealing and intriguing. He said, let them grow together mm-hmm. I'll take care of that when I come. Yeah. Well, that's not what I want to do, no. <laughs> to uh-uh. be honest. Yep. And yet it does give us a sense of um, this is the reality of the church, that right. there are pretenders, mm-hmm. um, but yet there's no exception to the principle. So it's hard to balance those, it isn't is, it? It is, for sure. Even in the John 10 text that we looked at yesterday, the, the analogy is of that there's lots of sheep. There are one. There's only one good shepherd that there's this thief that's trying to come in and steal and destroy. And, and us, yeah, I think that analogy makes sense. Like Ultimately, God is going to get his children. That is the result. It's not, we're not the judge. We're not the, uh, we can't see people's hearts. And so we must just trust uh, the maker, uh, the savior of the world. And so in that John 10 passage, it does appear that People are looking for other ways to get in. Yep, absolutely. And maybe it could be that it looks like they may be in. That's right. Yep. But the door they went in mm-hmm. was a thief or a robber. That's right. Yep. We may not always know that on the front end, right? Nope. I think what this calls us to as pastors, as well as then congregants, is to um, live, to preach faithfully, to preach courageously, uh, to preach patiently. I think our members should, you know, as they're in small groups, as small group leaders lead. We should call people to biblical conversion, biblical repentance, true salvation. But if someone's giving verbal credence to that, and yet their life doesn't match up, I think that's a place to have a conversation. But we need to be patient, right? Um, appropriately polite, rooted in Scripture, clear, and yet you know walking with people because we don't know the pace of people's growth all the time. Yep. And so I just, I'm really intrigued by that parable. I always have been that, you know, we're to let them grow together. It's really his final call, isn't it? Amen. And so just be aware of that as you're uh, leaning into these two take-home truths and these questions. I I would encourage this church, as you pray for your pastors, as you uh, are in your small group, as you relate to each other as members, let's 
be sure that we stay on mission in our message, which means clearly mm-hmm. articulating what it means to be a Christian. That's right. Constantly not, preaching the gospel. Preaching the gospel. That's right. Uh, and not backing away from what's expected of those who say they follow, because that's really what helps us stay on mission in our results. And I don't want to say that we want to be result-driven, but if we don't preach an accurate salvation message, we'll get inaccurate followers in the end, right? You got it, yep. And so let's put the right dough in the oven in the beginning so we get the right kind of pizza out on the other end, (laughs) so to speak. And so if you hear this difficult, if you think, man, those are hard things to hear about, there's no exceptions to this principle that fruit is the evidence— just remember, that doesn't mean there's no pretenders, and we don't always know who's in or who's out. It's not our job to make that call. Christ will. But it is our job to preach faithfully, courageously, and patiently um, to people, and as they follow Jesus, to work with them, and then hopefully Holy Spirit will work in their life. And like you said, God will bring home every one of his genuine followers. Well, that's just uh, some really helpful information, I hope, from Travis. Thanks for joining me today oh, on this. of course. My pleasure. preaching that two-week series with me. And just know this about First Family. Travis said it yesterday. Well, this is our heartbeat, to continue to be a people ready to reproduce, to follow hard after God, to be devoted disciples who celebrate, grow, and serve, and to see this kind of um, environment and culture and heart continue to multiply so that we're making disciples of all nations. Thanks for listening to the Extra Point Podcast. To find more content and resources to grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus, go online to firstfamily.church resources.